welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk as Justin and I lament the first round for all those teams that are now out. All the best teams. Best. Best is a, I guess, a relative term. Relative because you know now Boston's favored to win the cup four to one odds now. The best. Yeah, which I mean, last year coming out of off of a game seven win against the Leafs, they go in and play Tampa and they looked exhausted and I expect much of the same. Dude, well rested Columbus. Also, okay, fine. We'll we'll just do this now. Just um, do it. <laughs> uh of course, you know, I had the Leafs in six. Everything was going according to plan. Leafs took game one, and then Bruins take game two. Basically, the Leafs take all the odds, Bruins take the evens, and then we end up in game seven. And frankly, I thought the Leafs outplayed the Bruins in game seven. I thought the Leafs outplayed the Bruins in in four five of the seven games. Well, sometimes they, it doesn't. And they only matter. won three of them. So, I mean, I I guess you can say that the Leafs have more talent, but the Bruins were the better team. Yeah. Yeah. Much like Tampa Bay, definitely more talent than Columbus. Columbus was the better team in those four games. I think more than anything else, this this series came down to coaching for me. I think Uh, Butch Cassidy made the adjustments that needed to be made, and... I mean, like I, I looked at those last games six and seven, right? With with Toronto, and this this one's gonna drive a lot of Toronto fans nuts uh, for quite a while. But Patrick Marlowe's ice time, right? Yes, it was high. It was very high. I think uh, you know game why? seven, he was fourth highest among forwards. You know why it's so damn high? Because Babcock loves the veterans. No, he actually, if you, I, I see it now. He's a good faceoff guy on, too. On the but. one hand, I I agree. The the time on ice is one metric to look at. But we can also look at shifts, right? Like so, if Mike Babcock puts Austin Matthews out more often than any other player in terms of shifts, but Austin Matthews chooses to leave the ice early, how is that Mike Babcock's fault? No, not. I mean, so, not at all. So it's in not. some in some respects, there I think that there was. I don't know if I don't I don't I don't know over the course of those seven games. I don't have a way to go back and track whether or not his shifts were just a whistle blown and off he came, or if it was a change on the fly. I, if you know where to get those numbers, that'd be awesome. It would be tweet them <laughs> at us at OT hockey talk. Uh, but he was put out an in game seven, you know, his ice time was like just above Nylander and people are complaining yet. He had more shifts than anybody else on the team. So I, I understand the Marlowe thing and the Marlowe thing I think is that at different points in the series, he was getting trapped out there. I think he, he had one shift that was like a minute and a half long. Really? I and another that. shift that was a minute and 15 or something, you know? So you're, you're looking at a guy who is, he's getting hemmed in his own zone. So yeah, I mean, at some point you're going to have to use him in general. I mean, in game seven, oh, maybe not. I, I, you, you probably could have not. I mean, he should have been playing fourth line minutes. There's no doubt about it. But and, and I will give Mar. I mean, I, I know Babcock likes the veterans, but Marlowe did win quite a bit of draws. He was very, very good at that. But um, he, he just looks slow and lost most this, of the this time. This team's going to look a little different next year. I, I would definitely think so. I, I mean, I mean, uh, Morgan Riley after the game was like, "Dude, Jake Gardner is a fucking good player." Yeah, and well, we're gonna, of course we you're going to say that. We want him back. Of course, I don't you're know. Say that. I don't know. You think? Well, okay, so I, I read a statistic that said, I, I don't know what it was, but it was over the course of the last uh, you know couple seasons or something like that, last maybe three years, like they were, the goal differential was like plus 55 or something like that when he was playing versus when he wasn't and something like yeah. that. But 
I mean, look, the bottom line is, is it comes down to playoffs, right? And you can do all the goodness you want in the regular season, but if you just blow it in the playoffs... He was on the ice in the, in these three Game 7s. He's the only player that played in all three Game 7s. Right. Kadri didn't because Kadri was suspended this time. Um, he's the other guy on the roster. Right. Uh, which which he, he, of course, is as much to blame for any of this as, as oh anybody. Oh, my goodness, yes. But... Jake Gardner, I think, is a minus 10. Like, he was on the ice was for 10, 10 goals. Terrible. In three game sevens. And I mean, I, I try not to look at only, the plus. Only one in this game seven. So, in fairness, <laughs> not really that. Not He had a, he had okay, a decent okay. game. Okay, okay. But, yeah, I, I don't try to read him plus minus too much. But when you get down to minus 10 in seven games, right. then that's three pretty games. telling. In three games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three games, yeah. So, um, for me, though, like you said, this team's going to look a lot different, mostly because you got guys coming off the books, guys that need new contracts. Matthew's new deal kicking in, right? Obviously, there's no way they're bringing back Hainsey. Not a, not a freaking chance. I'll tell you what why. What if you give them a one and one? Doesn't matter. They okay. won't bring him back, and I'll tell you why. Because Dubis does not want Babcock to play him that much. And <laughs> well, I don't I, disagree I with think, that. I really, I think that this is a scenario where there's obviously tension between Dubis and Babcock. But Dubis came out today and said, no one's safe. Not even Mike Babcock. Well, he, well that's the, that's funny because everybody's speculating, oh, is Babcock going to be gone? No. But he didn't definitively say that, you know, Babcock's safe, right? Like right. you said. Right. So, like, of course, everybody's going to run with it in the media. He's, oh, my he's not gone. No, he's, he's not, not gone. gone. He's, of course he's not, not going to be gone. They, they're not going to want to pay him. He has, I think, two years left. On Twelve his deal. and a half million dollars to go away? No. Yeah, no. I, mean, I, I know I Toronto's got all the money in the world. I don't think so. I, I mean... This series, they didn't lose because of Mike Babcock. Now they didn't, they didn't win. Like I think he could have done some things differently. Sure, that's that's fine, and uh, I, I think this is what needs to happen. He needs to be punished. <laughs> I'll tell you how you punish. How do you punish a head coach? You take away the players he likes. Right. So goodbye, Patrick Marlowe. Buy him out. Goodbye, Ron Hainsey. Yeah, buy him out or or because he, he's got a no movement clause, so he's, or he goes on he goes on IR and just I, LTIR and just calls it a day. Like hope. he looks slow as dirt, and I don't. I, I mean, okay, another Joffrey Lupel. Got it. Yep, maybe. <laughs> uh, Ron Hainsey isn't going to be back, I don't think. And I I think they'll go out and they'll they'll try to find a more mobile fourth line center. Uh, I think you might see Nazem Kadri dealt now. Okay. I, I think I think there'll be there'll be some, but that's that's not the way you punish him. You punish him by taking away all his assistants, and you hire wow. in new assistants. Your guys, your guys. Wow. Okay. And you go, hey, here's the guys you're going to work with. You go out and you bring in the best that are available. And I mean, of course, uh, of course, you're not you're not trying to make it so that it's this hostile work environment. But you go, look, it didn't work. We trust you. But there's something wrong, and we need new voices in the room. We want your voice. To, we want you to be the head coach of this team. But we need to shuffle things around. Right. And sometimes that you know you. I don't mind the change in leadership, right? I mean, it, it worked for for you know San Jose when they were like, okay, Marlo, we're taking the C away. We need some change in leadership on the bench, right? And so maybe you can say the same thing with the assistant coaches, right? Yeah. Um, well, sure. and, and you assign a captain. Right. Like, well, what goodness. the frick are we waiting for? I, okay, give Tavares give, the like, captain. and Either we're, Tavares we're or Matthews. It doesn't matter to me. Like, give somebody the freaking C. I know. <laughs> give Marner the C. I don't... Give Morgan Riley the C. It really doesn't matter. Sure, yeah. Like, it, it honestly doesn't matter. Just give somebody that C because there's something about it. How many teams have won the Stanley Cup without a captain? Hmm. I don't think any. I'm going to no. say none. I'm going to say none, so, too. So, put a freaking C on somebody's jersey. It doesn't matter who. Put three C. Give them three Cs. <laughs> 
<laughs> captain you, like Carolina, you're the home captain you're the away captain sure don't care just give somebody the damn c and, okay and lay that to rest bigger question though so I understand Gardner's gone. Kadri's probably, in my opinion, maybe 90% out the door. I don't know if Gardner's door. gone. I think there's a chance that, that he's... Okay, he's going to get more money on the open market, and I don't think... I, gonna, I think that he would stay in Toronto. As as much as... He's going to have to take a huge discount to stay in Toronto. I don't know. Not that big of a discount. I don't know. I, I think I think he's still a valuable look, you, look, you lost. You just lost... You're going to lose Hainsey's contract and Absolutely. his... And his four, but I now think, you got to pay Marner, like... Ten plus million dollars a year. Yeah, yeah. How can you afford that crap? Are you Unless gonna have you... to play Marner that much? Oh, think? absolutely. You're yeah. gonna have to pay him ten million a year. Yeah. I, I ninety three points. A How oh many? My wing... Gosh. Where? What, pa- Patrick Kane. That's all I'm gonna say. Patrick Kane. Yeah, but Patrick Kane was an unrestricted free agent when he signed that deal. I know. I know. I know. So it's okay. I, I think he's yeah. He's gonna get ten million. He's well, gonna get at least ten million. Okay. Bigger question though. William Nylander. Do you move him for a defenseman if Gardner's gone? You have to. Yeah. Okay. You have to. Because I, I think at this point there needs the pro- to be a drastic is, change. And problem is you're selling low. Well, yeah, of course you are. You're selling as low as the. So do you goes. wait till the season starts and maybe he gets it going and then you're like, okay, let's deal him. You know, come November, December. For you don't December. have to deal him. Okay. I, I don't think. I, th- I think there's there's ways to maneuver, but it's going to be. I'm I'm curious. This is this is where a general manager makes his money. As I mean, it's easy when you have three stars, a, a bunch of guys on their entry level contracts, right? Yeah, maybe four of their players are on their entry levels, Something and like two of them are their best players. So that's, I mean, that's easy. It's easy to be the GM. Now go and like prove right to when us. you're up against the cap. Yeah, prove to us that you can maneuver and and do what you need to do. Yeah, uh, I I, th- I think that I said it before that the year the Leafs made the playoffs and lost to Washington, that they were maybe a year ahead of schedule. As far as that went, because remember they finished last in the whole league and then they made the playoffs. Right, like, that's generally not going to happen. Uh, I know New Jersey did it the following year, but that's that's usually not the case. Um, Ottawa didn't, you know. Ottawa was bad and then they're bad again, and you're probably going to be bad again. So usually that's that's more the the route you take. Uh, hopefully not the Buffalo route where you're just bad and then you start looking like you're going to be good and then you keep being bad and you're kind of good and you're not good. And speaking of Buffalo, back of the buff. <laughs> Nylander, right? Goes play, go to play with your brother in Buffalo. Do you risk the lining? If you could make a one-for-one trade, would you do it? No, okay. probably not. Probably not. I, I think Nylander's probably worth more than risk the lining. Like you said, you're selling low, though, at this point. But Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what, what Dubas does. We'll see what happens between management and coach. It, it'll and, be an interesting offseason. And, and, like, Austin Matthews and Babcock, where do, where are they at? I have no idea. You know, last year there was that, like... Right, he flew to the, Phoenix. And, yeah. Which, oh, I'm sorry, I, or I think whatever. that whole thing was blown out of proportion. And Oh, it absolutely was. It's So we'll, we'll see where everybody lands. You know, It'll just give this some time to air out. And I, I don't understand Especially, either. We, we talk about... The, the team is still... Pretty dang young, right? I mean, granted, yeah, they went out and added Tavares, so you would expect them to get that much better. But at the same time, like we we said, they're still young. They still their window's still wide open to do this. Alex Ovechkin was thirty two when he won his first right, cup. So right, there there are. Uh, I I don't know who said this on Twitter. It was talking about him and said, you know, you're gonna you're gonna have your heart broken more often than you're gonna win. So. But it is disappointing not to get out of the first round again. It's more disappointing because it's the Boston Bruins, and I can't freaking stand them, to be quite honest. And, but. you know, the last time I saw the Leafs get out of the first round, I was 17 years old. Wow. In high school, <laughs> still. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's uh, do we want Washington, Carolina. Any uh, any interest there? 
Any interest? Wow. I, you know what? It's funny. Or any thoughts? Yeah, I was I was watching that, and uh, Washington had plenty of chances, like early in the game, to really close it out. But when it came to overtime, they just got outplayed. They got outshot. They yep. And they just four, slowed four down. shots in OT, I think, right. for the Capitals. And frankly, I mean, frankly, Mr. Game Seven with that pass, like dude, he just showed up again. Like, they, Grant, I know he didn't score, but still, they 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 looked a little slow, and. I think that we saw how valuable TJ Oshie is because I mean, when once TJ Oshie was out, they, they, they had no depth after well, that. When you Kuznetsov scores his first goal last night too. Right. That shouldn't have been the case. He should have been scoring more than more than that. So they could have closed the series out maybe a game or two earlier. As much as we look at their regular season and go, ah, oh, see, so you no know Stanley cup hangover from the year before. Like they did a little bit for a second in the very beginning of the year, but uh, they figured it out, won their division I really think this is just a matter of they were dead. And this is this is like 18 months coming. When they were doing the handshake line, Ovi just looked relieved. Like <laughs> he looked like cool. I can go sit on a beach somewhere like right, this right. I I'm not even upset cuz I got my cup. I did what I wanted to do last year, so And you know what, you'll get hungry again, but that's of course. I mean that's that is some of the reason why it's so hard to win because in the back of your mind you already won. There, there are some people who don't care. They can erase what has already happened, and they just want to win again. And I'm, I'm sure that mid-game, it's not like he's like, I'm not going to block that shot because I already won the cup. I, I don't think that at all. No. But I think at the end of it, you do have perspective, and you go, I mean, I've, I've been in the Stanley Cup playoffs 15 times. I, this is this is par for the course. <laughs> Losing is is usually what happens. So, you know, I, I, I think... All is all is well and good, and Carolina is a fun story. I mean, every every wild card team moving bunch on, jerks. bunch of jerks. Uh, it's it's a wild second round. I say we just dive into the second. It's round. wide open. It really is, and and I, you know, I can respect. Of course, Vegas is going to give Boston best odds. I'd say out of any, sure. when you they when you look at these points. teams. They're they're definitely the the most traditional hockey market left. The NHL's probably freaking out too because you got to think now, like viewership wise. I grant I know like San Jose and Vegas they set a record I think for West Coast Game Seven viewership, but like your traditional markets of like Chicago, Pittsburgh, Washington, right? They're not in it anymore, so you don't have any of the big guns. There's no there's no Canadian teams left in it, right? So you yeah. might you might have a little bit of drop off from that, but. I mean, there's the, your traditional markets aren't there right now, except for Boston. Maybe St. St. Louis could maybe be thrown. In. I know it's a, it's not a it's big a market, market, it's like a mid market, but, but yeah. it's it, you know I think that that series will get a little play. You know when I when I look at the Western Conference though, is I, I didn't it's the nineteen nineties. That's what I said. <laughs> yeah. Is it's like two thousand one, two thousand or something like that? You know that's uh, all we need in the East is New Jersey. It would be good. Uh, yeah. So. Let's we'll go go well, let's go through the the second round. Let's start with Boston and Columbus since they're we're, they're fresh. Uh, talking about Boston a little bit, uh, do you think there's any decline coming off that seven games? Whereas Columbus has a lot of time to rest, and is there is there any kind of wear and tear that's taking place? Or do you think that the other flip side of it? You know, I've heard that argument. The flip side is Columbus has been sitting and they kind of lost their, their momentum and Boston has won their last two games and is coming in feeling real good about themselves. Yeah, I actually think the flip side where Columbus is 
lost their momentum a little bit. I, I would be more worried about that than Boston slowing down because Columbus, right, came in the playoffs hungry because they had to fight to get in. They had to battle towards the end, right? And so that's kind of kind of where a lot of that momentum was carrying through towards their victories over Tampa Bay. And now they've had nine days, I think it is, uh, just sitting around. And granted, I'm, I'm sure they probably practiced to assume, oh, we're going to play Toronto or we're going to play Boston. They, they schemed for both of them. And the coaching staff had plenty of time. But I mean, when you have that big of a layoff, I, I kind of worry for a team that's that inexperienced in the playoffs. I don't know. I feel like if you're looking at it, you're going, please let Boston win. You'd rather play Boston than the Leafs in the second round. I will say this, though. It's going to be a hell of a series in terms of banging bodies because both these teams can grind hard. And yes. so you, it might be right to where, you know, Boston is worn down a little bit from seven games with Toronto. And so if Columbus just lays on them a little bit hard, like they might be able to take well, over that series. I'm just wondering... Columbus, the reason why they beat Tampa Bay was because of their forecheck. Right. You know, they, they forced them into mistakes and they forced them into penalties because of their forecheck. And they were able to, they did very well in the power play. I think they were 50% on the power play. And that's, uh, that's a, rep, a recipe for success. If you can do that. The Boston Bruins, particularly Zidono Chara, I don't know how well he's going to do with this forecheck because this, the Leafs have pretty good forecheck. And five on five, the Le- like. There's no question the Leafs were the better team five on five. It was the power play for the Bruins and the penalty kill for the Leafs. Even even the power play for the Leafs. It was special teams, <laughs> special teams for the Bruins that won them that series. So the question is, Columbus least penalized team in the league, and I think they only, I think they only had six six penalties in those four games against Tampa Bay. So. And I think three of them were in the first game. So the last three games, there's there was three penalties. I think that they're going to force the Bruins' defense into a lot of mistakes. Well, I will say this: um, I have a lot more faith in Columbus's third line uh, with Dubinsky and Feligno right. going up against that top line of Boston than I would have, you know, with you know Patty Marlowe. I mean, Boston and, is one line, sure. In reality, you know, yeah. of course, you're going to get contributions from other places, but. It's it, it's that one line. Charlie Coyle has looked really good. I I've, I said it in the last yeah. show. I think he was their he was their best player through the first three games, and, and he was the whole series. I agree. And he, yeah, he was one of their best players. So I I do think that he's maybe the you know, if he can play really well, uh, that could help the Bruins. He didn't score though, so he needs to score. But to me, Columbus just has the depth. They are rested. Their goaltending is hot. Well, that's that's going to be the key. Can Bobrovsky keep this up? Because if he doesn't, Rask. if he looks like he has in the past, then boom, we're it's a different story. Right. Well, Rask has been playing really well. Yeah, too, he's been so. good. So, and they're not afraid to go to Halak if they need to. Whereas you know, Columbus on the flip side has no one to no, go they to. Don't, yeah, I don't think they. I don't think either team's switching their goalie at this point. No, no, like we're I, we're pretty no. hard pressed. Uh, predictions. Whew. this is tough, but I am honestly going to take Columbus in seven. Columbus in seven. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I think I'm going Columbus in six. Six, actually. okay. I think it'll be a little quicker. Uh, I think Columbus might be able to get off to a, a quick start, win one of these first two games, and then uh, both games in Columbus. I, I think I just I feel like the Bruins are going to be worn down. So okay, uh, let's go other Eastern Conference matchup: the Islanders and the Hurricanes. A second round matchup I never dreamed we'd be having. Like Has this, this ever this, happened? The other, the Boston Columbus. I guess, like, you know, you you could both those teams. We had them in as playoff teams, so it's not crazy that they're here. 
I, I granted from the regular season that they had and who they had to play in the first round, I'm surprised. But from the beginning of the season, if you told me in the second round the Boston Bruins are going to play the Columbus Blue Jackets in the second round, you go, oh, it's probably going to be a weird way that they get there. But that's I can see it. Uh, the Islanders and the Hurricanes. Islanders were supposed to finish like around dead last in the East. Supposed to. And uh, they, of course, go further than Tavares. And we can, you know, you can joke about that all you want. And then the, the bunch of jerks in the Carolina Hurricanes. This is the weirdest series to me. I, I can't, when I look at this series, all I, I mean, Carolina is going to use speed and the Islanders are going to try and eliminate as much as they can. I, is this a a slow grind of a series? Can the Islanders get the Hurricanes to play their game? Or do the Carolina Hurricanes open it up? The Islanders are going to have to skate and and keep up with Carolina. I, I don't know. I don't know who's, who's going to be better at playing their game. Because these are two very polar opposite teams. Right. And I, I think... To me, you got to give the slight advantage to the Islanders just because of the system that they play. They they played it perfectly against Pittsburgh where they just sat back and waited for them to make mistakes. Yep. And I think with Carolina where they'd like to use their speed, they'd like to go north-south really, really quick. they got mobile defensemen. They're going to try to get Carolina to do the same thing, to play their system and create chances off mistakes. Now, can Everlay stay hot? I hope so because they're going to need them to uh, because Carolina can score some goals. They got some guys that can that can you know put the puck in the back of the net. Now Mrazek, uh, he had a good series, but overall it's just a barely 900 save percentage. So Robin Lehner was lights out in, in that last series. Yeah, I think he's probably the X factor here. It really is. He's yeah, goaltending. And I, I still think Mrazek is capable of handling this the Islanders team because they don't score a ton of goals right now. But uh, I'd be more interested to see. Um, Really, to the, how that defense from the Islanders, you know, plays out because now you don't have like before. I can't remember who it was that that top pairing. It's not any of their 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 main guys from the Islanders, but um, they were playing them against Crosby's line and trying to shut them down. They did a really good job of shutting them down. So now there's no like top line in Carolina that you have to worry to shut. Well, down you're because, looking to shut down Sebastian Ajo for well, sure, of course. But I don't think there's like that guy that Barry Trotz is too concerned with shutting down more than anybody else i think it's definitely a team right a team game and both these teams are it's a collective effort but i mean of course teravine and aho uh you know sure those are your guys but now they've got fogel jordan stall looks reinvigorated justin williams jordan stall looks pretty decent right (laughs) so when i heard the when in the washington game it was like yeah you know who could score the overtime goal it may be ovechkin maybe it's jordan stall he's look i was like i Really never would pick Jordan Stahl to score an overtime winner unless we're talking like 2009 Jordan Stahl. Uh, that's, he just isn't my first pick on this team uh, to score a winner. But yeah, he's he's looked pretty good. Uh, I I do think that... Oh, here. Here's a question. Sebastian Ajo or Matthew Barcel? Who do you want? Who would you rather have? I'd take Ajo right now. I would too. Yeah. And I think that that's the difference. Okay. I think, I think that who, whichever one of those players is able to outperform the other, I think that's the team that probably wins. Okay. And the two names on defense that I was thinking of, Pelek and Polak. Pelek and Polak. Polak. Where they're, they're two shutdown yeah. guys. Yeah. So we'll see if they can shut down. So predictions for the series. I think Islanders take it in six. Okay. I think I, their system plays out. I am going with the Carolina Hurricanes. <laughs> and I also am I'm going to say in six. All right. So... Yeah, I think the Carolina Hurricanes are. I, I'm Columbus Mid- and Carolina, two wild card teams 
in the Eastern Conference Final. So crazy, dude. Barry Trotz midseason. I can't remember could when it was. In the West on the very well could on the bench. Leaned over to his guys. I think Val Philp was sitting right in front of him, and he's like, "We're gonna win the fucking Stanley Cup this year." Yes. And so I'm seeing it now. The because the East is so wide open. I'm like, that son of a bitch is right. Dude. They're gonna go. They're gonna go. They're believing. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it. It'd be kind of cool. It's old school. I don't know. There's something about the Islanders. It's old school. Uh, maybe it's just because they play in such an old building. <laughs> they're still playing. Are well, they're, they playing? They're in Barclay for second round. Which oh, they're going back. To yeah, Barclay. I'm like, that's stupid. But yeah, I mean, well, apparently, that's why they'll lose. Well, that could be a fact. I mean, they say it plays a factor. You yeah, know, the Coliseum. Yeah. So uh, okay, Western Conference, St. Louis, Dallas. I just I, again, I feel like we're in 1999 or something like that, and uh, <laughs> it's just. This is weird to see these two teams. Is Al McKinnis and Madonna going to show up? Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, St. Louis, probably, I would say maybe the deepest team left, you know, in terms of in terms of the guys that they can roll out. I mean, Tyler Bozak on your fourth line, 20 goal score. I might still go San Jose, pretty, but pretty still. San, San, Jose, San Jose, in terms of defensive depth, I would agree. Forward okay. depth, I think, I think St. Louis, first line to fourth line, is the deepest. Maybe if you're going first to third, San Jose is the best. You add that fourth line for St. Louis is getting it done. So, and and I do think that as far as their San Jose's top end guys right now, and Pavelski's not playing game one. No. So from that, yeah, that's a big weird cross check. My major <laughs> thing is insane. We'll talk about that next. That yeah. Was, yeah, okay. that, was, that was crazy. So, oh yeah, we're talking St. Louis, St. Louis. Dallas. Uh, Dallas though, da- I mean these two teams are getting it done totally different ways. Dallas stack it all up. St. Louis spreads it all out. The talent throughout their lineup. Uh, St. Louis probably has the better defensive core. And I, I mean, I feel like they're poised. I think St. Louis is probably it just has the and, and Bennington didn't even have to play that great in that first series. No, he didn't. But I, I, I think you're gonna still see if Bennington can play relatively same. St. Louis is going to, I think, going to have a good shot at this one. Okay, so you think St. Louis is going to win? Yeah, I would take St. Louis because, I, I again, I, I agree with you. I think the depth at the forward position for St. Louis is much better than it is in Dallas. And so the way St. Louis likes to play their game, they they like to roll out these lines evenly as much as possible. And I think if, if you know, Ryan O'Reilly maybe picks it up just... Well, Ryan O'Reilly is going to probably play up against... Sagan all day. Oh, I'm long, sure he right? will be. Like, yeah. Is that just so gonna if be... he can if he can edge out Sagan in terms of production, I think it'll be a no brainer for St. Louis I mean, to win. He did pretty well against uh, yeah, Shifley, and so yeah, we'll we'll see if I I'm rooting for Dallas. That would I, be nice. I just I don't know something. I I feel like St. They're kind of the same same type of team in terms of you have this team that has been supposed to be pretty good and be able to do some damage in the playoffs for quite some time. St. Louis has actually made the playoffs. They've won around here and there, but they, they've never really gone on that real run. They usually, uh, they're just a little short of expectations. Out. Right. Sure. Uh, whereas Dallas has generally even failed to make the playoffs other than the one year where they won their division and <laughs> right. The crazy year. But to me, it, like, so both these teams have had expectations and they haven't met them for a while. And I'm just looking at the the high end talent of Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben, John Klingberg. 
This Radulov. is ben, ben Bishop. I, I think if there's Dude, a team he, it was lights out. Oh my Ooh. goodness. I mean, if there's a series where we're going to see no goals, like we could see seven games of zero, zero going in overtime. <laughs> I think it Bennington and Bishop were number one and number two in terms of five on five save percentage. And then it was like number one and number four for high danger situations. And I mean, these, these two guys were some of the best Bennington granted didn't have the same sample size as Ben Bishop, nor does he have the same history as Ben Bishop, but can Ben Bishop last? <laughs> That's, That's where I'll yeah. <laughs> Hopefully he can. Uh, I let's, let's throw this out. Okay. How many games do you think the series is going to go? This one could go seven. I think I'm, I'm thinking seven in a seven game series. How many goals will be scored? Boy, you could, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if it's under 20 goals. Right? I wouldn't be surprised. Right? So. Yeah, less than 20 goals, which would be, you know, that would be like a two to, well, it would be a two to one or one to nothing every a lot game. Of, yeah. Pretty much. A lot of those. Okay. But, uh, so you, what's your prediction? Boy, I'm, I'm, I'm taking St. Louis. Uh, forward depth to me plays out, I think, a little bit more. I think the X factor for Dallas will be Matt Zuccarello if he shows up again. Yes, he was um, very good in that first year. Three goals in that first series. Right, and a little little fact, if uh, Dallas wins the series, goes to Stanley Cup Finals, now their second-round pick turns into a first-rounder that they paid I to get I think they'll him. take it. I, I'm, oh, absolutely, fine. you would take that. Yeah. Which um, it was so, okay, 30th overall or 31st overall. Right. You know, it's not mattering. As, uh, opposed to, as opposed to maybe 50th. Right. St. Louis and seven, though, for me. Okay, I'm going Dallas in seven. Even right. though I, I do think that St. Louis maybe is the better team. I the way that these teams with this the great line has been going, I think that maybe Dallas finds a way to, to do it on the power play. Radulov does look like a man possessed right now, I will give you that. Yes. Yes. So. yes. Uh, yeah, we didn't even talk about Radulov. So okay, uh last series, San Jose, Colorado. Uh San Jose probably shouldn't be here. Uh of course. You Everybody knows. <laughs> everyone knows. Well, okay, but Colorado did their business in five games. They did, and they outplayed the the Flames in a lot of ways. The Sharks in Game Seven, down three nothing. Of course, we all know. You know, uh, Cody Eakin's stupid cross check, but not really a five minute major cross check. He was just trying to jockey for position, and things got out of hand. And you know, I, I think it was just an awkward fall. It's fine, like. I yes, give him a penalty. That's fine. Uh, if there's a see, I don't know if you can give a a four minute double minor for cross checking if the guy bleeds. I don't know because you can you know you can for high sticking, but is that the same case for cross checking? Not sure. Maybe it should be. Maybe it should have been a two minute or a four minute double minor. So let's say that the Blues or the Blues the Sharks score two goals. You know because they it right. was a double minor. Uh, you know, then, then you're three, two. And I still, I mean, I still think there's a, there's a chance that St. Louis is able to, to figure it out and maybe they score that goal and you know, you're still, you end up in overtime. You said St. Louis again. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Wow. But for all the people that are, you know, complaining about, Oh, it's they, we lost because you know, this was, this was a BS call. I mean, yeah, it might not have been, it shouldn't have been a five minute major, but you, you legit let in four, four goals, freaking goals in four minutes. Like, I don't care if you... Di- yeah, I'm with you. I don't care if you disagree with the call. Like, maybe it shouldn't have... Maybe it probably should have only been a two-minute penalty, if anything, right? But the the fact of the matter is, you just looked dead out there. You stood around, did nothing, and just let them score yeah. four goals. Like, I, I don't know how many times in the regular season I've seen teams, you know, 
get five minute power plays and they maybe score one, maybe. Right. And I, I get it. Things are a little bit more amped up. You're down three to nothing. You know, you're trying to come back in the third period. But freaking A, dude, you're <laughs> you're Vegas. Like, Marc-Andre Fleury looked like he was cheating short sides a couple times on a few a couple of those goals. There was a lot of screening going on. Nobody tried to be a little physical down in front of the net with those guys. They let them all stand around and take the space in front of Fleury. Yeah, something and, happened. And they it was like they were up 3 nothing. Oh, we're dominating. And then they get a power play, and they thought they could just keep standing around. Huh? Right. Freaking kill it off. I don't... And Kevin LeBanc had the best four minutes of his freaking life. <laughs> four points in four minutes. That's a good That's a good period for you. Yeah. Although the one silver lining, I will say, is you're more than likely going to see the, the GMs now vote to have, like, official review on five-minute majors is probably what's going to come out of this, I would think, in the offseason. A new rule for that. Probably... See, to me, I, I don't think you're going to see a challenge. I think the best way to go is to just, if, you know, like in basketball, a referee can go and they can, like, watch the replay if they want to. If it's a for a, fla- a flagrant foul and whatnot, the, the referee should should be able to go, come together and go, you know, this is what I saw. You know, okay, this is what I saw. Okay, well, we're not totally sure. And this is, there's there's 10 minutes left in game seven. So before we throw a guy out, Let's go to the repl- let's like go to the iPad, take a look at it real quick. They they should have the freedom to do that. Yeah. You know, it's not like they're gonna do that every time and, and maybe you limit it to the playoffs. I, I think you limit it to the playoffs. I, I don't in the regular season I, the little things happen all the time. Yeah, but you, you know, know what's gonna end up happening though is this is gonna happen when somebody's like the they gotta off. win game eighty two to get in the playoffs and, and it's, it's gonna your fault for not so. winning one of the right. previous okay, eighty two. The- <laughs> then you can say the same thing for Vegas. It's their fault for not closing this out when they could That's have. True. Maybe they were if they were up five nothing. Hey. All right. <laughs> so uh, back to the series. Colorado. Yes. They looked great against the Flames. They made the Flames look slow. Goudreau nowhere to be found. And they couldn't stop that yeah, top line. No, no. And and frankly, I think Grubauer was the best goalie in the first round. For, I don't know if I'd go that far, but he was definitely the best goalie in that series. I'm, I'm going to go as far as to say he's the best goalie in that first round. Wow. I think save percentage-wise he was. Um, but was he? I don't know. I'm going to look at that okay. now. I, I mean, I, I really like the way that he's been. I think he's... Robin Leonard was. Since, since the beginning of March, he's had two games... Where he's let in more than two goals, Grubauer. <laughs> he's been good. He's, he's been, been good. insane. So, to me, it's it's going to come down to goaltending in this series. And the question again is Martin Jones. I mean, yes, Martin Jones stole the show in Game Six between San Jose and Vegas. He was unbelievable. The only good game he had. It was it, yes, and that's the thing. He had one good game, and that's you know one out of seven isn't going to cut it. Because I don't think you're going to last that long, especially since San Jose seems a little beat up. Pavelski's not going to play. You know, Thornton's going to get bumped up the lineup, and I think that that's a problem against a really fast Colorado team. I expect for them to take full advantage of that. I think Colorado not only wins Game One, but I think they win another, like in five or six games. Wow. Okay. Now Carlson or Burns, who are you putting up against McKinnon right now? Oh, I think that between Vlasic, Carlson, and Burns, you are going to have two of those three guys out. At least one of them out every single time McKinnon's on the ice. I would frankly, try to have Carlson on the frankly, ice. Frankly, I think you should have one of those guys on the ice all the time. There's no reason not right. to. <laughs> There's no reason. No, not I to. agree. Uh, boy, yeah, I. It's it's tough, right? When you when you try to look at matchups because San Jose they're they're not slow, but they're not super fast either, and. 
you know, Calgary, they were the hottest scoring team in the league, right? Outside of Tampa Bay. So, I mean, their depth couldn't get it done. They couldn't slow down that top line. And so, um, Joe Thornton, you're, you're not putting him out against McKinnon because he, no. he's going to get... No, but it's going to happen. It's going to happen at some point, right. It, 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 a few shifts. I'm sure it's going to happen, and he's probably going to get burned once or twice. And, you know, what kind of Joe Pavelski are we going to get when he comes back? Um, you know, Nyquist, I, I want a little bit more from him. There's there's a couple guys on this team I think in San Jose I need a little bit more from and yeah Vander um, Vander Kane I think as as good as he was uh, I one think, goal I think that you want to see him scoring uh, he was okay I won't say that he was bad against Vegas uh, I think he had he had several assists right yeah he had four points yeah but so uh, the uh, Thomas. Tomas Hurdle needs to be as good as he was in that first series. Six goals. He was God. unreal. He and Logan Couture, six goals each, which is yeah. great. But I don't think you're going to get that kind of production out of both of them. So you, I think you do need other guys to be well, better. Well, Couture is probably going to go head-to-head with McKinnon as much as possible. Maybe. Oh, maybe. yeah. Well, I mean, he's their best skating center in terms of, I mean, Yeah, production. he's maybe the only guy. Well, him and Hurdle could keep up with, with McKinnon, you know, in in a very – in, in a vacuum. <laughs> you know, right. Maybe they can uh, – on, on random shifts, it's gonna be it's gonna be tough. The other side of it is remember this Colorado team before the like thirty days ago, we were all talking about how wow they blew it and they they missed they played the playoffs. themselves out. They lost like ten or eleven out of thirteen. It was just terrible. so. What that says to me is that there's still there that team still is. If this is the same team. There's not too too much of a difference between those teams, and so it's just you know things have clicked, and I, I guess you know you can say McKinnon's kind of taken over. He's it's his team now. Uh, what, however you want to say it, I, you know maybe long term they take the captaincy from Landeskog and give it to McKinnon or something. I don't know. Uh, we'll see what happens with that, but I mean they're they're also gonna they're gonna get a pretty good player here at the at the draft. Granted, it's not Jack Hughes, but they'll. They're still, still going to get some still. guy who's going to probably get in their top six or play in their top four uh, in the next year or two. And this team, to me, I just I don't see the Sharks having the the speed to do it. But they could slow them down. Where Calgary failed to slow them down, I think you can watch that Calgary series, and maybe you can slow them down a little bit. Calgary didn't have the same kind of production from their top guys and San Jose doesn't have that type of top line that Calgary does. Maybe because of that, they can get production from all over the place and put together some wins. It's going to come down to Martin Jones. Yeah, it really is. If I Martin mean, Jones has one good game. The Sharks will win one game. <laughs> if he has, if he has four good games, I, the Sharks will probably win, but I don't see it. He hasn't put together a string of four great games out of seven. Since last year, <laughs> uh, I'll give you that. I, I think, I think now with the the teams that have been dismantled in the first round, I think San Jose has to know like this is the best shot we're probably going to have. This is the best shot that they have. So we need to take advantage. I think now if you're going to have guys that step up, now's the time. And uh, you hope that Martin Jones gets the message at this point. Maybe like, we Joe got lucky. Thornton. Yeah, maybe summon, Joe Thornton summon some like <laughs> 2005 version of himself. But the Sharks got lucky. They escaped Vegas at round one. So now you have to be like, we're not getting that lucky anymore. So yeah. it's got to be us that wins it from here on out. If it's Dallas, Colorado in the conference finals, <laughs> that like that 99. truly is. I, I th- was that 99? I think I, it was. I feel like was that. Or it might have been 2000. Who did, who did Colorado play in 2001? I think, no, I think it was Dallas 2001 in the, either that or it was Detroit. I, 
I know 2002 Detroit eliminated Colorado in the second round. I think that was that five nothing game seven win that Detroit had and just blew. Maybe is it was it five or six something. Anyways, uh, your predictions for that series: Sharks and six. Sharks and six. Okay, I'm going. I'm going to say Colorado in six, uh, but I, I'm I'm very torn as to who. I, I think I'm rooting for San Jose. I think San Jose is the team that, because of Joe Thornton, you know, when I look at the rest of the teams, I, I don't care about Columbus. I don't really care about the Islanders. Carolina would be a cool story, but it, it's still it's. I don't know. It's hard for me to cheer for them long term. Like they're nice to win around, but I think I'd rather see the Islanders in the second round. But yeah. By the way, Dallas, Colorado, both times ninety nine two thousand conference finals went seven games. Then two thousand one. Colorado and St. Louis five games. Okay, so, so either, either way, we might see you know some early early ni- or late nineties, early two thousands action. Maybe you know. Well, hey, Joe Sackick's still with the the Avalanche, right? You know, I don't know who I don't know who's with uh, with either one of these teams. Is Mike Madano a a scout or something? For the Good stars? <laughs> see it, you know. All right. Well, uh, yeah. So I think we differ on every single series except for except for Columbus, Columbus. right? Yeah. Okay. Well, it'll be fun to, to see what happens there. Uh, any any other any other thing that you want to talk about? I, I mean, there's of course there are you know twenty three other teams, <laughs> twenty three twenty three other teams now eliminated. Uh, I think that it's it's fair to take a look back at some of the teams that lost. Uh, we've we've already gone through some of them. Where does Washington go from here? Do you think that Washington can is is just going to kind of you know let's let's retool and let's keep on going like we're, we'll see when Ovechkin slows down but we're we're just going to keep on going at it or do they make some changes? No, I don't think any. I don't think you really need to make any changes. Uh, you're going to see a little a little bit different team next year because um, you know for instance Brett Conley right scored a bunch of goals regular season he's a free agent now Washington doesn't have the money to pay him so he's going to go somewhere else I think now you just if you're Washington you need to invest in maybe a couple different depth guys you're going to want to do um, you know for the most part you hope that Kuznetsov maybe shows up a little bit better next year and other than that just don't lose TJ Oshie and then I think you're I think you're okay you know, I don't think they really have anything to worry about. So yeah, just gotta recover. There yeah, pretty TGOC. much. Dude, did you see that Zach Hyman tore his ACL? Yes, I did. He tore got surgery. In like game four. He's like six months out now. They said. I think that it was probably a partial tear. Sure. I don't think there's any way that I mean, I tore my ACL. I don't. There's. I mean, I couldn't walk for a week. Dude, I mean, they, I don't even know. They might have some magic that they can <laughs> stick in that, in that knee, but I mean, I, if it was a full tear, I don't know how how you can do it. Uh, of course, Haglin will be gone too sure. for the for the Caps, but uh, and Brooks Orpik won't be there to score overtime winners anymore. Oh boy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, this team they just bring back everybody, and you just kind of give it another go because without Oshi and you know. You're of course you're looking to to maybe fill in the outside. I think the one thing that they struggled to do was kind of bring in those pieces, the inexpensive pieces that contribute. They didn't have that guy the same the same way that they they had last year in their run. So, uh, and they didn't get the same kind of production from like a Lars Eller, who was fantastic last year in their run. So, true. I, I think you're just looking at it and going, well, you can't win every year, and so we're gonna go back at it, and maybe they can bring in a new piece. They they have a little bit of cap space, six million dollars. 
So well, now they're going to have a decent pick mid mid draft pick. So yeah, uh, maybe you find a decent piece that's ready to come in and or, play right. Or off maybe the you trade it and you, or, yeah. you bring somebody in. There you go. Uh, Nashville Predators. They're a team that has uh, you know they they went to the Stanley Cup Finals super unexpected to three years ago, and last year they lose in the second round of the Jets. This year they lose to the Stars worse. in the first round. Yeah, things things keep kind of taking their way backwards. Is is this team ready to make a coaching change? Are they like? Do you think that they? I don't think a coaching change, but uh, I mean, you got there's a there's a few guys that come to mind, right? First first name Kyle Turris. You have to figure out what you're going to do with this guy, and I think he is a a trade candidate at this point. I think you know you've got Nick Benino uh, signed for a couple more years. You got Michael Granlin, who you know he's a good centerman, can play wing too. Um, you know, he signed for another year, so maybe you keep him on and have him play second line center. Uh, not really sure where they want to go with that, but I do think, again, you're, you're going to lose Wayne Simmons. You're going to lose Brian Boyle, probably. Um, well, maybe Brian Boyle comes back on a cheap, but still, I think Kyle Turris is a name that has to probably get moved. And the other piece for me, especially because I do think this team needs a quick infusion of talent up front, is P.K. Subban. I think you find a way to move him to try to bring in a top six. You think they could move PK Subban? I do. I Not think a chance. I think you have to at this point because one, you have to get a salary off the books because when you have to re-sign Roman Yossi next year, give him an extension. Yeah, but they have twenty-two point seven million dollars. I understand in cap room available for for when Ekholm comes off because Ekholm Ekholm's off and then Granlin and Craig Smith both come off, which I, I don't think you're too worried about uh, about though, especially Craig Smith. I don't think you're you're really scared about having to re-sign Roman Yossi. I think you can give him nine million dollars and or ten no, million dollars. I I think when you bring in when you move PK's salary out and you bring in another top six forward, you're going to obviously be bringing somebody with salary back. Sure. And so that little three extra maybe yeah, million he's dollars like you the get. Face. He's the franchise. No, I I don't think so. He I mean he is I, like I feel he's, like he's the guy. He he obviously is the most exciting figure probably in that that franchise for sure, but he's not like the face of the franchise. I think if anybody is Roman Yossi or Pekka Rene, but um, are you kidding? You think Nashville Predators? Your first thought is well, my first thought's Pekka Rene because it always goes to a goaltender. But, it's PK Subban. Uh, PK Subban is their like marketing. Oh, he's he's off. Yeah, he's one of the NHL's he's, top he's marketable worth, players. He's worth more than nine million because uh, honestly, like honestly. He he's gonna bring different types of people. I mean, he's he's the best African American player in the league. So that oh, like that has to not you know not not being like inappropriate about it. Just the idea that like hey, I mean, people like to watch people that look like them, and that just like you see a guy who is who also is black, and you're gonna you know that's gonna help. That's gonna make you maybe be drawn to the sport, or maybe he goes into schools where there's it's he looks the same as people and that's that's cool like that's something that he brings to the game that no one else can you can't change the color of your skin well so to me there's there's some there's some intrinsic value there to a guy who can grow the game especially like nashville not that they're not they're struggling to grow the game there but it just because they went to the finals once doesn't mean that it's over no like you they've still got a long road to becoming a you know a, a super large market team no, but I, I do think they need somebody who can score up front. And when you look at what they have to trade, I think the most obvious pieces would be somebody on the back end, right? Either Matthias Ekholm or P.K. Subban. And I think Subban is the guy that most likely gets you the return you need up front to get a top six guy that can score some goals. And um, well, you're so, not wrong. He would get no. you a good return, but I don't think he, I don't think he's okay. going anywhere. I 
to me, I wonder if this team just looks at what they have and they go, all right, we, I mean, they, they actually have less cap space available next year because of all these deal, other deals kicking in and right. Ellis's deals kicking in. You're going to have to probably like, you're right. I think Turris is probably the guy that you could maybe, maybe move out and, you know, hope that somebody's willing to take him for the next. You might five have to years. eat another million, million and a half of his contract. You might to do it, but might. right now they have, uh, they're they're not eating anyone else's salary, so they they bought Victor Stahlberg out, but they're not eating anybody anybody's salary in a trade. And since you only have two of those available, they they have both of them open to them. So, well, we'll see what happens. I, I, they're an interesting team because they really could stay the same, and they could go on a run. But I, I just don't I don't see it. I feel like. The league has kind of changed since three years ago, and they're still maybe more built for the way the game was before. They're like that middle ground. They're not super fast. They're not slow. They have a really great defense, and I think that that masks some of the their issues up front. Yeah, I think now we've noticed, especially with Washington winning last year, and you look at what Columbus was able to do this year, and, and even Boston a little bit too, you need a team that can score goals, has a little speed, but can also grind out in the playoffs. It doesn't really, the grinding thing, it, it, who cares in regular season? It's it's absolute garbage, and you know, Tampa Bay proved it, that it doesn't matter, but come yeah. playoff time, like it does matter now. And you got to strike a good balance, and I think to get there, Nashville needs some scoring. Okay. So, uh, the Winnipeg Jets. The Jets. They also lost. Uh, this is a team that I think just probably goes, all right, you're probably going to lose Kevin Hayes. That, well, really, really, here's, here's what they have to do. They have to figure out who they want to be their second line center. Figure that out, and a lot of pieces will fall into place. So, whether, whether that's bringing back Kevin Hayes, uh, you know, is there... Maybe there's a trade out there to be had where they can acquire a second line center. Uh, or maybe there's somebody I see. I don't think that there's really anybody coming in their system that you can look at and go, Oh yeah, he's definitely somebody that will be in the, be in our top six. So then, you know, maybe you look at the free agency, but uh, it's going to be first off, it's hard pressed to get somebody to come to Winnipeg, probably from a lot of these places. Uh, you know, could you, you know, maybe you, you've got a guy like, oh, Joe Pavelski. Maybe if he's willing to to leave San Jose, but I doubt that. I doubt he's he's not he's probably not going anywhere. So then you're then you're going real far down the list. You're going like Brock Nelson, Anders Lee, maybe a Marcus Johansson. Yeah, but yeah, he's not a but true. He's more center. like a third a third line kind sure. of guy. So uh, yeah, but the options are be the hard options are slim for for good centers. So, Maybe a Matt Duchesne if you know that would be, if he well, wanted to leave. You'd have to pay. They tried to get him. Yeah, they tried, but I don't. I don't think they have the money. If they if they were going to spend the money on him, I think right now they might. I've got twenty three million in cap space. Yeah, but the problem with that is is now two. They got to resign two. Yeah, you've got line Meyer. A Connor need new contracts, and then yeah, you look at the defense, right? Tyler Myers and Jacob Truba. Those are two names that I look on on the back end that are are question marks because which one do you want to keep? Right, Truba hasn't made it clear that he wants to be here. You know, he they can take him to arbitration, get another one year deal, and then he's a UFA next year. So then you're right. going to lose him for nothing. Right. So do you trade him now, and you can keep Tyler Myers, who who maybe didn't have as good as years Jacob Truba because. Truba, I think, got 50 points this year. So his value is super high. So you could move him for a second-line center, yeah. no problem, yeah. and get Myers on the cheap. But then you 
don't have that great defenseman. No, you don't. And and he's a young guy too. Whereas Myers, Bufflin, they're getting a little older. I mean, Josh Morrissey, great, love him, but you know, again, they don't really have a lot in the pipeline in terms of right. defensive depth. So, uh, do you risk losing that to maybe take another shot at this and get that 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 second line center? Because again, Truba would be a great trade chip right now. Okay, uh, let's go to the Vegas Golden Knights last team to uh, to kind of run through uh to me i mean I, I don't see much in terms of you know maybe they they they'll probably re-sign thomas nosick and uh, i mean how much are you giving carlson i think he's going to get probably a pretty similar contract to what he has okay just over the course of time i think he's shown he's probably about a like long term 25 to 30 goal scorer so he's probably around the 6 million dollar mark is where That's where, he'll, where he'll land, uh, and you know, I may, maybe they just sign him to do another short term deal, and they they go from there. But I think they they do have uh, right now minus two point eight million dollars in cap space next year. So someone's th- gonna go. That could be a little bit of a problem. Although I I don't know I don't know if if that includes Clark David Clarkson's contract. If that you know because that gets gets buried. So yeah. May, no, I think it that, does. It does. Maybe that opens it up. Uh, the other side of it is that, uh, you know, you, you also, it's because Mark Stone's contract's kicking in. And the question, and Alex Tuck, the question is defensively, can you go into next year with this group, with this exact same group? And and that, I mean, I know Cody Glass is going to come up. He's going to play in this team. And that's, I mean, you're, you're basically, you're going to get a guy on his ELC who's ready to go and be a top six forward potentially. So that's a, that's a huge boost to your team, but they don't really have that really high end defenseman at this point. And so, uh, well, they gave him up. They gave him up when they acquired Mark stone. Right. So now you're, you're looking at a scenario where, yeah, your forward group's really good, but your defense is bad. And we, I mean, it didn't work for them this year. Uh, it doesn't work for the Leafs. You know, there's, there's a few teams across the league where you look at their defensive core and you go, eh, it's not that good. And, and it didn't, didn't work out for them, even though they have good forwards up front. Uh, I don't, I, 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 but I don't really see this team being able to change a whole lot unless they trade. Yeah. On the back end is it's going to be a little bit more difficult to make drastic changes. And I, I really don't think, you know, you might see them try to, to dangle a Braden McNabb because at 2.5 million, he can be moved, but is there someone willing to give you anything? And you're not going to get much in return anyways. So you're probably looking at maybe a mid-level pick prospect kind of guy. And again, it's just, it's not going to be an improvement over what you have right now. So to me, the bigger issue for them is just finding somebody to play backup goaltender. Um, Because you looked at Malcolm Subban, didn't have the greatest a year. He's at RFA. Yeah, they might re-sign him. I don't know. They might just actually release him. Yeah, how long can you ride Marc Andre Fleury? Like he's, I mean, Marc Andre Fleury. He's now getting up there in age. What thirty-four? Yeah, so thirty-five next year. So you you have to give him, you know, rest during the season. And I think, you know, yeah, maybe you go out and you you try to acquire, you know, maybe James Reimer or something. But again, that comes with a contract that has a couple bucks on it. But um, I mean, your big thing you want to get salary out of here. You trade Ryan Reeves and you trade Cody Eakin. There's your, I mean, that's, that right there is almost $6 million. That's over $6 million. So I I think Ryan Reeves would be more of a deadline acquisition. I think he would be a great piece to move at the deadline. Same with Cody Eakin, but 
Cody, I'm, just, well, I'm just thinking if you need space early on, Cody Eakin you, might be the easy piece you can, to move. You can trade those guys. And, yeah, he's a great faceoff guy, and he's yeah. a good defensive player that somebody would be willing to play. And with Cody Glass coming in, you can kind of, you can, I think you'll get better production out of Cody Glass than you will out oh, of absolutely. Eakin. So that's that's an upgrade and less of a salary. So a salary hit. So that, that'll benefit them there. Um, Derek England, do you think he's back? No. Vegas boy? Think no, I think, I think he's gone. Yeah, I would agree. Okay, well, uh, that's that's everybody. Congrats. Okay, yes, we made it through. Second <laughs> round begins tonight, and uh, I am very much rooting against Boston. Or am I rooting for Boston so that we can at least go, well, we lost to them, but they were really good. <laughs> they won the cup, you know. There's always that. No, no, no. No, you got to root I can't, against them. I can't, I can't watch them win the cup. That'll make me sick. You want to see me sick? Watch the Bruins win the cup. I go back to 2011, watch that game seven, Vancouver. Makes me sick. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm literally getting nauseous thinking about it. You know what? I'm going to change the subject real quick because, okay, tonight you also got the NFL draft. Number one, I don't know if you follow it at all, if you pay any attention. Uh, Murray going number one overall to Arizona. Yes or no? Uh, I think so. Okay. I think, I think that's teams play a lot of tricks. They say a lot of things they leading do. up. You know, I but I will say the NFL is the one the one sport and the one league where occasionally you will you will get a team who goes, No, we're taking that guy first overall. They I've seen teams actually like negotiate contracts before they even yeah. yep. draft him. Yep. So Yep. I mean I think with the Lions when it was Matt Stafford, it was like, No, we're taking Matt Stafford. Right. Like, no no doubt. It's mind. happening. So yeah, I, I I think teams though they play games. I think it's smart to play games. I mean, you might if if somebody was willing to give you the freaking world, right? Oakland's got three first round picks. If they gave you those three first round picks and said we we want to move up to number one, you move down number four. It'd be tough. Hell to, yeah, do it. Yeah, I don't think that I don't think that that, that would be smart. Because I mean, Arizona has at least got a decent quarterback. Josh Rosen, I think, is going to yeah. be a star in this league. But hey, anyways, just join us on overtime <laughs> football <laughs> talk. <laughs> Well, Justin can start that. Um, I, you know, I was a producer on a fantasy football show. Used to play and used to like. I watched every game. It was all I did on Sundays and Mondays. Sure. And, and I just, I don't know. I well, I think I just decided as an adult. I was like, I think I need to pick one thing because otherwise, I'm just going to watch sports all the time. <laughs> right. And uh, and hockey's my my first love. So stuck with it. I actually found a an old thing from like fifth grade where I wrote. Uh, it was like a letter to yourself, and I actually said, <laughs> "If you ever like football, the NFL, punch yourself in the face." Because <laughs> for some reason, as a kid, I hated the NFL. I don't know why. I don't know why. No clue. But anyways, all right. So uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Find us on Twitter at OTHockey Talk, and um, oh, look for our our new our new stuff. We got a new logo coming out. Mm. We'll, uh, we'll release that here pretty soon. But uh, yeah, some, some upgrades for overtime hockey talk. So look forward to that. We'll talk to you.